0: This is Shoulder Charge, a Rugby League podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith, and here's what's on the show this week. We're focusing on all things League One. It's been a mad season in League One, with pretty much nearly every team striving for promotion, but of course, there's only only two spots uh, into the Championship this year, and In recent weeks, that top spot has been changing hands all sorts of times. You know, one minute Barrow ahead, then it's Workington. And just have a look at North Wales Crusaders, who are on a huge winning streak at the moment. And uh, they're looking, you know, they're in real good form for the playoffs, which is not far off. And who knows, they might even, they could even need top spot. Although, who knows with the... uh, Points percentage that we've got, or whatever we call in it, and to talk about all things League One, we've got back on the show Steve Neal, Barrow Raiders chairman. And not only are we talking about uh, matters in League One, we're also talking about the game as a whole. You know, restructuring. Should we have uh, two teams of two leagues of ten? What will it look like? We have a bit of an update on the off the field success. Plans going forward, all bases covered really. Now, this interview we're done uh, last week, so it was before Barrow retook first position. Uh, they, they, they was on a two-match losing streak and it had kind of fallen out of their hands ne- um, after Workington were in first place. But... As I say, the craziness of League One, it's all changed again and it's now Advantage Barrow. So if they win all their next games, they should be fine for automatic promotion. So, with the recent dip in form prior to the London Scholar's victory, I asked him, is he still confident that he'll win promotion this year? Um, probably
1: not as confident as I was two weeks ago. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's, it's, it's to be honest with you. you know, it's, it's a good league. It's, uh, there's some really good teams in in there. I'm still very hopeful. Um, you no, know, it's out of our hands, as you say. If we work it and win three games, there's nothing we can do about it. We've just got to win our three games and hope for the best at the moment. But then, if we do that, then obviously we've got home advantage in the playoffs, and well, we have got to win two two home games, and um, you know, we are be reasonably confident of doing that, given our home form has been pretty good. But you never know, that's far. And uh, there's some you know, some teams coming into form. North Wales are coming into form. Keith Lee are showing some farm, Doncaster obviously beat us last week and, uh, and Rochdale as well. They've they've improved a lot and, and so on with a new coach. so there's plenty of teams who are, who are knocking on the door, trying to you know, knock us off our pedestal and obviously we've gone down to second place now. So it, you know, it, it's a uh, it's not a foregone conclusion, but uh, I'd still like to think I was hopeful.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's the strange thing about this league this year. I think, barring like West Wales and perhaps a London Scholars, uh, you could make a case for every other team that could get at least into the playoffs and, you know, get promoted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, you know, you look at Coventry and they, they, they've had some good wins at home. Uh, they beat Keithley and they beat Rochdale. You know, uh, we've played them twice and, uh, Probably on both occasions, the skyline flattered us. Um, we, we managed to run us some points in at the end, but uh, you know they've turned out to be a very competitive team. And, and as you say, you could, at various parts in the season, teams have struggled, but but, but also by the same tokens so, at various parts of the season, teams have done really well. And uh, you know it's it's been a really exciting and competitive week.
0: Yeah, and for so long in the league, you know, you was unbeaten and nothing looked like that we're going to stop you. So, what do you think has happened recently that has meant you've fallen off a bit? Well,
1: uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, we're, we're not in the business of making excuses, but, you know, we have been hit by COVID. Um, we, we lost 16 players on, on one weekend uh, just before the work-out and fixture, um, seven of those with COVID and, and, and nine... Having to isolate, uh, that resulted in the week after that we we had to rest those seven players again, and 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 again not all of those players are back yet because some of them suffered um, some some you know symptoms and and following the NFL's protocols on return to play, we're not allowed to play them, so so we're still missing a couple of players now for COVID. So uh, it's not just the players that we lost; we had to shut down training for two weeks, so to, you know to clear. Any chance of infection within the camp so we're, we're a little bit underdone in terms of training um even even traffic problems got to us last week in training and we had to call one off with a uh, you know by crashing the late districts causing our uh, training to be off so we, we've been very disrupted in the, in the camp which obviously hasn't helped um i don't think we're playing particularly badly um you know full credit to north wales and doncaster have beaten us um Hopefully we can get things back on track with a win this week against London Scholars and and, and then, fingers crossed, work at uh manage to slip up with a so then it's back in our hands. But uh, if it's if that's not the case, then
0: so be it. Yeah, so let's just say uh, you fall into the playoffs and something happens and you, don't, you stay in League One uh, for next year. Um, what would that mean for your plans? Uh, like, if you have to remain in League One for another year?
1: Well, obviously it'd be very disappointing, but uh, we, we put ourselves in a a really good position off the field, and you know, ultimately our goal is to make Super League,
0: yeah,
1: um, and, and and that's you know some some way down the track. In order to achieve that, obviously we've got to have a team that's competitive on the path, but but by the same token, that we we appreciate that our facilities are probably not up to Super League standards so we've sort of got twin aims at the moment A A, to improve the facilities and and B to improve the team so um, we'll probably go along the line of improving the facilities a little bit more and taking away some budget from the team if if we were to end up in League One so we're probably in a fortunate position compared to a lot of other clubs that are financially stable and and we have some surplus cash either to put into the team or or into facilities and, and and our I sort of train of thought is that the facilities would improve uh, next next year, um, probably at a faster rate than it would have otherwise. Whilst uh, you know we would be putting money in the team if we if we were successful and going into the championship.
0: Yeah. So it, promotion is not all at all cost. Basically, then this year.
1: Well, obviously, you know that's our goal. That's our yeah. objective at the start of the season. We Feel that we, you know, we've put a squad together that,
0: um, you know, is going to achieve promotion, but that's sport, isn't it? Not
1: not, not everything goes your way sometimes in sport, and and, and that's that's the great thing about sport that you have your ups, you have your downs. And and, and if we weren't able to achieve that objective, then as you say, it's not the be all and end all, you know, that the club. Isn't there any, you know, financial danger? You know, we haven't put all our eggs in one basket, and, and thought to ourselves that you know we, it's promotion at all costs. You know, the, the what we've tried to do is build a stable club, um, build on the income streams in, in in different directions away from the playing side, and and not become reliant just on crowds. Yeah. So the club's very stable. Um. So you know, whilst it would obviously be disappointing. It's not the be all and end all for
0: the, in terms of the existence of the club. Yeah, and in terms of uh, the league structures, uh, in recent weeks we've we've had all sorts of ideas and discussions. You know, apparently we we're supposed to be having two leagues of ten uh, for the Championship and Super League. Uh, what yeah. do you make of that?
1: Well, I, I'm I'm actually invited to a working committee tomorrow with um, with the RFL along with some other clubs. Um, looking at the structures for twenty twenty two and 2023, I think I think the, the, there is an appreciation that something's got to change in this two years of the, of the TV deal. We've only been given a two year deal, and the and the very real prospect is that you know we, we could lose further funding if if we don't start to put a decent products on, on, on the field. So I think there is this train of thought that, that there will be two turns for twenty twenty three and um, Super League One, Super League Two. And then it's just how we get there, you know, obviously, perhaps two teams come out of Super League, drop 12 to 10, and then eight remain from um, from the Championship to make that Super League. But there may be other criteria like um, facility, for facility standards, minimum standards for that, or, or there may be an opportunity for a League One club to also join uh, that Super League too, maybe through a playoff system. So whilst I don't know what's going to happen yet because there is a working group. Um, there is a train of thought within within the RFL that, that something's got to change, and and we've got to try and put a, a better product on the on the field to, to ultimately get more subscribers to Sky and and then um, more money back into the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you think that the RFL and Super League sort of should they already have sorted this out basically because? You know the season's not far away from finishing, and lots of people are think, saying, "Well, we don't know what our budget's going to be next year. We don't know if we're going to be in this league or not." Or you know, if if we're having these two tens, although I've said I've seen reports that perhaps it's not, you know, I've seen conflicting ideas, and it's all up in the air. But so say we do go to these uh, two leagues of ten, that could have, in a way, that you could sort of remain in league one even though you get promoted into the championship do you know what i mean
1: i know know, know exactly what you're saying from from the discussions that i've been privy to i don't think anything's going to change for 2022
0: yeah so you know we're not going to suddenly change to 210s for for that year i think we're looking further ahead to 2023 but I would share the frustrations of the fans. If if something was changing drastically for 2022, obviously we
1: set a budget way back, you know, probably a year ago to look at 2022, and even uh, uh, even now we're looking at 2023. You know, in terms of what what we do and what what money we put into a team. Uh, obviously, we want to put a team together in 2022 that's going to make an impact in 2023. So, it's, you know, we, as, a, as a club chairman, I, I want to know what's happening with the structure well in advance, probably two years in advance. But yeah. uh, And I would be extremely frustrated if uh, something was going to change for 2022. But I believe from the discussion so far that, that that isn't going to change. Although two or three weeks ago, something was on the table of potentially increasing the um, you know, Super League to 14 for the season. So, you know, I can't say categorically that nothing will change, but uh, my gut feeling is that we'll stay as we are for next year and, and then put plans in place to change for
0: 2023. Yeah. How do you think the sport gets out of the rut of, like, you know, there's, there's always a constant change and a, a different idea and whatever's yeah. set at the start of the season never seems to uh, finish the same way.
1: Yeah, well, I, I share that frustration. Um, I think we need to come up with the structure and stick with it. And stick with it f- forever and a day, really. I, I think one of the great strengths of uh, football and the Premier League and the Championship and everything underneath and the other pyramid that they've got is, is that it's stable. Um, you know, they very, very rarely changes. Throughout the whole of the time of the Premier League, I think there's only been one change which is reduction from 20 to 18 teams and that and that was well planned. Um, I think that's the great strength of football that, that everyone knows and, and even a team way down in the Northern Premier League can, can see a route all the way to the Premier League if, if that was the case and, and some teams like Wimbledon in the past have, have gone from the from the Southern League and, I, and ended up in the Premier League and actually won the FA Cup final. So I think that's a massive strength for football and, and something that um, Rugby League can learn from. Um, I, I believe there's room for other things in the game um, and, and people keep looking at cricket with 100 and maybe there's there, there's room for nines. Um, but I think the basic structure of the league season should, should become stable and then become un, unaltered and every single fan can buy into it. And if there's a playoff structure, so be it. But but let's again stop changing the playoff structure every year. You know, middle eights, super eights, top five, top six, top four. You know, I, I don't believe that that's what the fans want. Uh, the fans want to know what's happening at the start of the season and, they, and cast iron guarantee that that's going to happen at the end of the season and, and seasons beyond. So I, I I personally try and get that message to the NFL that, and listening to the stakeholders, which are the fans, um, they're not particularly changing, keen on changing the structure all the time. So, and, and I, and I, as a chairman, like to pass that on, and, and I share that view.
0: Yeah, and and in terms of the nines that you mentioned, would that be like you know we've got the magic weekend? Would that be some sort of like mini nines tournament? Well, well I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's nothing concrete on paper. I think it's it's decent as a concept but it's got to be marketed well. You know,
1: There's no point putting an event on in, front, in an empty stadium uh, and with a lot of kids playing instead of first teams. So it's got to be something that's uh, bought into by all the teams and marketed really well. And, and if it happened at a full stadium, a bit like a Magic Weekend, I think it'd go down really well. Uh, but, but as I say, it can't just fit into an ever-congested season so that you know, clubs look for an opportunity to rest players. It's, there's got to be enough uh, space in the calendar to do, to do it justice uh, and for teams to feel str- full strength sides and, and uh, you know, really buy into it. And, and I get, there's possibilities, I guess, for, for teams to combine. Uh, looking at ourselves, there may well be, you know, an opportunity, perhaps, for a Cumbria team. yeah, Maybe a Manchester team combining a few teams around there. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we haven't talked in any detail about that, but it, I'm just saying that it's, perhaps there's a concept... Uh, that 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 we could buy into, but by the same token, I still believe that the league structure has to stay solid, even if we put some other events around the league structure. And and while we're on that, I believe there needs to be a really strong international program as well. Yeah, uh, it's almost criminal that you know England haven't played at home uh, for a good number of years. Obviously, COVID's been massively affecting the Ashes tour and the World Cup and such like, but. But even so, that um, there needs to be an international scene that the, that the players can, um, you know, achieve international status, and also the fans can buy into the international game because that is something that attracts uh, commercial partners and, um, you know, new fans to the game. Uh, international um, sport is obviously something that, they, yeah, you know, the media buys into.
0: Yeah, and and just on the international side, um, obviously the the World Cup's uh, postponed, so we've got you know a window of opportunity. I would suggest. Do uh, Do you know if anything is in the pipeline for you know o- other fixtures to sort of replace? To be we don't. I don't, I don't know. Um, obviously, we've lost
1: the World Cup, which is a massive blow uh, to the game. I, I believe that it could have gone ahead. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of sport in this country, you know, just looking at cricket again, there's India are touring, even New Zealand have toured, so I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that the New Zealand and Australian teams should have pulled the plug on it, but, um, you know, hopefully we get a great tournament next year, but as far as this year's concerned... I- I'm not privy to any information on any replacement fixtures on the international scene,
0: I'm afraid. Right, Um, and in terms of uh, structure and whatnot, um, also an idea is private equity uh, to get funds into the sport. Uh, Where do you stand on that? To be honest, I haven't really got a strong view.
1: Um, You you, you just have to see what was... uh, what was put on the table? Yeah. Um, they're probably more being directed at the Super League clubs in terms of private equity and potentially taking ownership of the league or something like that. But um, you know, I have not seen anything. You know, in writing on a table that that, that you could almost uh, investigate and decide, decipher, decide what you know whether it was a good deal or not. You know, as a as a as a chairman of the club, my my. my primary aim is to, is to grow our club um, as well as grow, grow the game of the rugby league and, and you know I, I believe that um, I've got to do everything possible to, to you know make my club a better club and a better supported club and um, more awareness in the community and hopefully better crowds etc so I've got a you know a massive job in its own right trying to grow our club uh, but obviously, if things were put on the table to help the game of rugby league, then you know you you, you give it some scrutiny.
0: Yeah, uh, so everybody's aware that rugby league has got to change and restructure. So let's just say there's a massive rebrand that is undergone, and the powers that be decide, okay, we want. Just one team uh, from Cumbria, and we want to call it Cumbria, so we d- we won't have Barrow, or Workington, or Whitehaven. There'll just be one team. What would you? What would your views be to that proposal? Um, put me
1: on the spotlight. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't actually think it'll happen. Yeah. Um, in terms of geography. You know, there's three semi-professional teams who are a long, long way away from each other. Well, certainly Banno is a long way from where Evan and working. so I guess potentially those two clubs could get involved. But it's been muted, you know, ever since Super League was born, that the Cumbrian clubs should get together, and I actually don't think it will. I think there's a place for all three teams um, in, in rugby, and, and I also think there's, there's opportunities, as I said before, when you look to football, if there's a pyramid structure in place, and... Um, you know it's settled that then there's opportunities for any one of those three clubs to reach the top um if it was imposed on me then i don't know really it's it's it would be difficult i, I don't believe it would be a success no. um the, the geography um dictates that it, you know it's a hell of a journey to for, for barrow to get to working soon you know it's it's quicker for a, a you know, but obviously to, to get to Wigan I and mean, a yeah. Super League game, in Wigan it really is because of the uh, the nature of the, the Cumbria, you know, geography, um, and and the roads, etc. So, I mean, I I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, but but for the reasons being that I, I don't actually think it'd be a success, no. um, and um, so it, it
0: wouldn't get my backing. Um, as I said before. You know, my, my key job
1: is, is to grow our own club and, uh, and and see where we get to. And, it, and it, if, it's, if it's not Super League, then so be it. But we need to be as strong as we possibly can. And if we're competing at the top of the championship and, and doing really good things in the community, well, that's that's good as
0: well. Yeah. So on to your success off the field. Um, you know, you've know, you had your beer garden. You've done all the stuff with the Euros. You've got the yeah. Oktoberfest. You've got all sorts of things going on. Um, yep. how does that in in terms of this year, in terms of commercial revenue and success, how does it stack up like uh, compared to the other years?
1: Uh, it's, you know, the the club's on a massive growth spurt in terms of uh, the income that we're generating and the turnover has um, you know, probably trebled in the in the three years that I've been involved with the club. So there's been some fantastic work by some fantastic people off the pitch, enabling um, in in the club to to do all, you know, to diversify and do all these different things, and um, you know, perhaps we're becoming a model for, for what you can do um, as a rugby league club. You know, it's still on, on early days, really, on, on what we feel we can achieve. Uh, we've invested a hell of a lot of money, you know, in the facilities. In, 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 in allowing us to, you know, do the euros and, you know, buying big screens and things like that, which, you know, no cheap products, you know, cost between 50 and 100 grand to sort the ground out. So, and, you know, we've redesigned the ground, probably another 100,000. So, so whilst, you know, we've, we've created a lot of income, we've, we've reinvested and hopefully over the next, these next few, few years, uh, that reinvestment will actually, you know, allow us to be in a, an even stronger financial position.
0: Yeah, and in terms of the match days, you've been doing the the free entry before one one o'clock. Um, yeah. So in terms of that, uh, are you actually getting more money doing that rather than like paying, you know, having a traditional ticket price? Yeah. The, the, to be honest with you,
1: the, the numbers are stacking up. Um, it may have been seen as a gamble, but. We want as many people as possible in our ground, and uh, we're averaging about 2,000, you know, which is a 60% increase on on the previous full year before COVID. So, you know, we're delighted that the crowds have increased, Um, but you know, the secondary spend in the bars and in the catering establishments and even merchandise, you know, has 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 took off. So, what we're losing in the gate receipts. We're actually gaining you know, in other areas of the club, so it's it's not really affected the cash flow in, in any great shape or form. So that's the gamble that we had, and it's paid off. And uh, you know, other clubs are looking at our crowds and thinking, you know, how how embarrassingly increased sixty percent when we've got COVID, and what and, and virtually every other club is uh, seeing dropping drops in attendances. And you know, but not only are they just people staying for the game, you know, they're, they're coming all day. We, we have community. Um, activities
0: on the pitch from you know as early as nine a.m. and people are staying you know as late as eleven p.m. Um, so it's it's you
1: know when the sun's shining and you know it's a really good day out and we've managed to convert uh, people into fans, but not just fans for one and a half hours of a game, but but to actually stay for the whole day, which is kind of what we wanted uh, when, when we set the strategy in place.
0: Yeah, and in terms of uh, off the fielders still um your license uh, to serve alcohols being reviewed because yeah. because of some complaints um yeah. how confident are you that you know that you'll keep hold of that
1: um reasonably confident but you can never predict council um you know what we've been doing for the town has been an absolutely fantastic um, we, you know we're giving a lot of people some in, some real enjoyment and uh you know we've been putting barrow on the map uh providing things that have never been provided before you know we, we mentioned the euros and the big screen experience a lot of other towns and cities that you know have, have fun zones and such like and and now barrow has um the downside of that is that you know one or two neighbors have complained mainly because of the amount of people that have been in the area um but I think the, the council needs to look at the bigger picture and, and of all the fantastic work that we've been doing. Uh, and, you know, not just with the events, but our community work, looking after disadvantaged people, looking after people with learning difficulties, uh, looking after school children. Um, it, we, you know, we're, we're doing a fantastic amount of work in the community. And, um, you know, the council needs to look at that um, and appreciate all that we're doing. And, and you know, you'll, you'll always get people complaining when when, there's an outlet of success.
0: And the byproduct is that more people have come onto the ground and there's been numbers of of people around the ground. So um, let's just say I'd be absolutely distraught, very disappointed if uh, the the council were to impose any restrictions on us
1: because I I absolutely 100% believe that that wouldn't be, uh, you know, a worthy response to one or two complaints.
0: Yeah. And uh, your models, basically... you know, focused on those type of things. So it it'd be devastating, wouldn't it, if if that was taken away?
1: Yeah, it would be. But um, I I, I truly believe that the council would take so much criticism. Uh, we've actually done things for the for the people of Barrow this year, and um, you know, that's their gamble that they want to take. If they want to take that gamble, uh, I'm not sure if the councillors will be councillors a year later because. Uh, they'd be voted out of office, I really believe that. Um, So they need to be very careful about what they're voting for because
0: they could be voting for for the ending of their own careers. Now, just on that licence review, I think uh, that's due to be heard at council sometime in September, which is now, so I'm assuming we'll find out in the next week or so. Surely they'll hold on to the licence anyway right then restructure so the idea of two leagues of 10 doesn't seem to be going away seems like we're going to have it for 2023 i'm assuming because we've not heard any other uh, detailed proposal so i'm assuming that's the one that, that that's the road they're going to go down now initially when i heard it that they're going to 10 teams i was dead set against it and that's because you know Several years ago, we had however many teams, and yet we seem to want to just lower it and lower it and lower it. And you know, how many there won't be many home fixtures? So, are we going to keep these loop fixtures that nobody wants? Uh, How many times a season are we going to see this team playing that team and whatnot? So, that's why I was dead set against it. But I'm sort of coming round to the idea. Of it if 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 it's done in the proper way, so if we do have two leagues of ten, I would really hope that the, the those in Super league two would also get games broadcast, so we will be we would be seeing more whether whether they, they do that Sky, who knows because they've not really shown any interest in the championship so far but I think we're missing an opportunity uh, if we're not doing that because obviously there'll be there'll be two teams from well I'm assuming there'll be two teams uh, from Super League that get relegated into this Super League 2. So we will have, you know, two probably teams that we've seen, you know, for several years uh, in Super League going into uh, the second division. And I think it would make it more competitive and you'd have less of these blowouts. I think it'd be a lot easier for uh, teams to be promoted. I think they'd survive better. You know, if you made uh, Super League 1 and Super League 2 both full-time, so anyone who's in there has to be full-time, then I think you've got a more sort of structured league where everyone's sort of working towards the same goal whereas not sure if it's the same thing where you've got half part-time half uh, full-time so you're going to have people who you know have ambitions of going into super league now the problem is whether there's enough players uh, for that enough quality players and if there's enough money to go around but I think there's got to be some sort of leap taken, you know, to convince Sky that there is a marketable product there because I think I think this, uh, this short-term deal is a bit of a kick up the backside sort of thing. So something radical has got to change. Also, you know, if you do go down this route, you've got to keep it. You've got to do it for the next 10, 5 years or whatever. Make sure there's a plan in place that is kept to and isn't reneged on after however many months. Because I was saying that with Steve Neal, Barrow Raiders chairman. You know, you've got to have a plan in place to actually put things in order and to actually have ambitions. At the moment, let's just look at Featherstone and look at Toulouse. So one of those is going to get promoted to super league now i'm sort of writing off the chances of all the other teams but that is from what we've all seen so far that looks like it's going to be the final but it could be any other but it doesn't really matter so let's just say it's featherstone and Toulouse. let's say Toulouse go up but featherstone stay in the championship you know their ultimate aim is to get in super league they want to get into it now Now, if they don't, then they're going to be set back a few years because if there is a restructure coming in, uh, there's probably not going to be promotion uh, to Super League. So their plans are going to be set way back. So, to be honest, uh, all the recruitment that they've done this year has probably been to no avail. And that's because we don't have a clear structure and... you know, plan, put in place. So, you know, we look at these clubs and let's just say we have an expansion club. Uh, how can we let them expand if they don't know the clear path of direction to the top bit place? Because nobody's going to spend fortunes if that's going to come to no avail. So, a plan has got to be put in place, and it's got to be stuck to. Now, I'm liking the idea of this uh, revamped uh, Magic Weekend as well, which I think, I think the 100 has sort of prompted this idea, and I think it's a very good one. And it's, it's also a way of bringing in the sort of Lancashire, uh, Yorkshire thing that everyone <laughs> seems to want to bring back, but it you know, I think that it's a good way of doing that, but also including Cumbria, uh, you know, of London maybe, you know, all these other areas that you perhaps could do. And I think that's a that would be a good way. That would be a good way of doing it. Although how that would um count would would that be separate from the actual super league itself or would 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 wins in the magic weekend count towards super league who knows you know it, it i would assume it's some sort of like origin series who knows but you know this is all rumor speculation whatnot but i think some good has got to come from this and hopefully ev- everybody does seem to uh know something has got to change So, it's just about what is that gonna be? Now then, uh, there's been two rounds of fixtures since uh, the last episode. The reason this one's not been on Monday is obviously because there was a whole round of fixtures on Monday, so it just seemed pointless to uh, put an episode out when all the games were on. So, later than usual, but should be back to uh, the same schedule uh, going forward. Uh, let's discuss them fixtures then. And Hulk AR, who we said have been the surprise package this year. Well, they finished rock bottom uh, last year, pretty much because Toronto was expelled. So, uh, you know, second to last, I suppose. But, you know, they've they've taken a, a dip in form. Uh, it's back-to-back losses now for them. Uh, they've lost to Wakefield, 25 points to 18. Wakefield on a resurgence uh, with the new um, interim coach in place. I'm assuming he's going to get the job now because they've they've had some sort of transplant or something. Um, I don't know. Uh, and Hull H- KR. Fe- actually, I think they've lost three on the bounce now. Yeah. Because because of the, the whole derby they lost out to as well. And just on Monday, 40 points to 28 they lost to Huddersfield, who also have been pretty pretty shoddy this year. Whether they're in a transition period, well, you know, a lot of people at the start of the season were saying they're going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Well, that's not uh, worked out, has it? So, in terms of the playoffs, it's like... Who is less crap, basically? You know, I suppose it says a lot about where the game is at the moment. Although, the teams uh, in first, second and third, Saints, Warrington and Catalans, they seem to be sort of a cut above. Although, we'll probably know more about that uh, next week at Magic Weekend when there's some big fixtures coming up. And there's also some big fixtures across the leagues, actually. It's a very... An action-packed weekend. Also, Salford put Hull FC to the sword. I don't really know what's happened to Hull FC. They've been hit and miss. And they've got some of the best players, really, in the league. You know, Jake Conn is regarded as a hot property. Perhaps defence lets him down. You know, Adam Swift has had a really good season. And they've got some real big men. Uh, You know, in the forwards. But yeah, it was Salford 42, Hull FC 14. And they lost to Castleford as well on on Thursday. So, is that their hopes done? Well, I don't know, because... Castleford lost against Wigan, and they were rubbish. Leeds have been pretty rubbish as well. Again, I think it's going to come down to... Who's going to lose the less amount of games... Especially fourth downwards, and Wigan—they go from being in crisis to, you know, basically a bright, a massive turnaround. So they were nilled on Wednesday, fourteen nil against Leeds it was, and I think Wigan had so many uh, goal line dropouts, and yet they were—they still weren't anywhere near the try line. Were anywhere near scoring, and the week before that against uh, St. Helens, it was the same old story. Although they did get a, a penalty, but yeah, and then and then they go and nail Castleford, who were uh, they weren't their usual self. The, the Castleford players, half of them, seemed to be they didn't all seem to be on the same page. You know, so many once this got into their stride, which the it's the player you usually see. the the balls were falling back behind them, so they never really got going. But when we get into the playoffs, I think we had a bit of a taster of what might be coming, especially in the latter stages when we get to the proper games. You know, Saints v Warrington, that was a rip-roaring match, wasn't it? I think it were harsh on Warrington because that uh, Saints try that put them further ahead. You know, the bounce of that ball, that we really unlucky. where It went over Stephen Ratchford and then bounced back behind him, which was just hard luck, I suppose. But yeah, that was a top game, and hopefully that's what we will be seeing in the playoffs. And it's a good job we've got a good uh, thing on the field, because off the field, it's pretty... It's the antithesis of what is going on on the field. And it's I suppose it's our only saving grace at the moment. So let's just look under Warrington because I think they pretty much secured their playoff spot. You've got Wigan in fourth, Leeds, Castleford. They they occupy the last spot in uh, the playoff positions. And then you've got Hull FC and Hull KR just behind them. Huddersfield, I think they're they've not got a good enough percentage or whatever. Looking at all those teams, you're asking, do they, do they even want to be in the playoffs? Because each one of those teams I've just mentioned haven't been that great this year. And just just in the last days, so we we know that Wigan are not gonna be having Adrian Lamb beyond this season, which I think everybody knew uh, that was the case already. It was a bit of, bit of an open secret, really. And they probably should have said this way earlier. You know, the same way Castleford have, have done. They knew Daryl Powell wasn't going to be there. So they announced it early on to stop all the rumours, stop all the, you know, speculation, focus solely on the job at hand. And I think... Maybe that has contributed uh, to Wiggins' poor form, maybe. Who knows? Another reason why I think you know we've got these teams sort of stumbling into the playoffs is well, we've had a shortened season. Um, players have had injuries. Players are playing with injuries. The... Not only has it been a shortened season, we've also had congested fixtures, so it's no real surprise that, you know, a lot of the teams are not hitting the best of forms, I would say. Barring a few, there's been a general lack of quality this year, I think, Lots lots more errors, you know, there's these new rules as well where we're not having scrums and whatnot and we're having six agains. All that is hard. You know, it's making the game to play tougher because you got to be fitter. But then we're having the more, more games. So all that amalgamation into one, you know, you perhaps that's why we've got the league as it is at the moment. Staying on Wigan, I think they recently had the fans forum. Uh, it was either this week or the, or the weekend. I'm not sure when it actually was, in the last few days. But they didn't they didn't allow any pressing, though, from what I've read on social media. So it weren't live-streamed, it weren't live-tweeted or anything like that. And I think... At a time when the fans are not happy to to not actually put it out there in the press or whatever, only restrict it to those who was actually in the fans forum well, it's a bit stupid that isn't it because you know i'm not I'm not sure they can fit fifteen thousand fans into uh the 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 boardroom or wherever it was, the function room wherever I'm not sure they can fit the fans in so just a handful of people will have known what was said so it just seems a bit of a stupid if if you want to get your fans back on side actually tell them about it because not not everyone's going to be able to go but that that's just a minor point i, I suppose right we'll move on to championship anyway to be honest i think you know we've we've only got a few fixtures left now and the playoff structure well, the playoff positions are pretty much worked out now, I think. I think the last um, spot is the only one that's sort of undecided. And it's between London. I think London are in it right now. And then you've got Whitehaven who are sort of just in behind them. And what a season for Whitehaven because they've come up from League 1 and now they're in. they might well be in the playoffs for Super League. I think that's remarkable you know it's it's very much on a par with what York did uh, a couple of years ago although you know I think York finished third was it but yeah I mean at the weekend 64 points to 6 against Widness I mean Widness may be having their issues with I think they only had 16 players or something or oh, actually 15 on the day is what I read you know Widnes might be having their issues, but that that to do that is still a big result, and they've had some other good results uh, this season, clearly because that's they're in seventh, but perhaps the playoffs might just be a bit too much for them this year because looking at London's next few fixtures and Whitehaven's next few fixtures, London have got Swinton, Featherstone, and York now. Let's just... Well, they'll probably beat Swinton. Swinton have only won once all season. No, Featherstone probably won't beat Featherstone. And then York. Well, we've seen... We've seen several sides of York this year. Another team who's struggled with COVID injuries and all sorts. So, you know, that could go either way. So... For Whitehaven, they've got Batley, Halifax, and Bradford. So basically, every playoff team. Which, if they are going to get in the playoffs, I suppose that's good preparation. You know, if if they can win those games, well, they might be in the championship grand final, or at least in the in the latter stages of it. Other results in the championship are Newcastle. Again, another team who's come from League 1, I think they got through the application process. And I, I guess they made the right choice there. Perhaps they didn't with uh, Lee. Although I think any team, whoever went up from Championship to Super League, I think would have suffered the same fate. Um, yeah, Newcastle won 43 points to 22 against Dewsbury. I think, I think the playoffs are too much for Newcastle at the moment. But... They've obviously got ambitious owners, ambitious plans. They're only going to be going forward. I I assume uh, Bradford. They continued their playoff push. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's just are they going to are they going to get near the latter stages? They won thirty six points to eighteen, and in League One. Well, we spoke about League One earlier with Steve Neal, and I mean you just cannot call. Uh, the league you really can't we've already mentioned the fact that you know a week ago it was in workington's hands now it's back in barrows but uh, you know there's some tough fixtures coming up there's there's gonna be you know it might well change again and north wales crusaders i mean i think it's seven wins in a row it's either seven or eight and that that's some form going into the playoffs North Wales have only got two games remaining which is against uh, Keighley and London Scholars. So, you know, if they keep up the form, if they win the next two they could. They could be automatic promotion. But yeah, the playoffs are going to be very interesting and it's good to see that it's on our league. I think for the other teams, uh, Rochdale I think they're just outside the playoffs. I think it might be Just too much for them uh, this year. But as we heard uh, from Andy Maisie quite a few episodes ago, you know, it's not promotion at all costs for Rochdale this year. And, you know, it's very much a long-term plan. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be back stronger next year. I think playoffs kick off uh, 18th of September. I think that's a Saturday, so it'll be the weekend of that. Uh, week. Uh yeah, that's the League One roundup. Uh that's it for this week as well. Oh yeah, um I did say last week that we we were gonna have a uh, Eamon O'Carroll on, uh the Newcastle coach. Uh unfortunately that didn't uh that didn't work out. Um but you got to hear from Steve Neal who is equally as entertaining I suppose. So you've not missed out. Uh, looking ahead to next week, uh, we should be back on to Monday uh, next week. I've I've had a look at the fixtures. <laughs> There's no fixtures on next Monday, so we should be fine. And just looking at some of these fixtures, I mean, the standard one is obviously St. Helens v Catalans. I think if Catalans win, they've got the league leader's shield and they've probably got one hand on the grand final as well if they win that too. So that's... That's a must-see game. Especially if we're going off what we saw with Saints v Warrington. I really hope Catalan Dragons do it, to be honest. Uh, we've also got Wigan v Warrington. You know, another big clash. In the Championship, there's some big ones there. You've got Bradford v Toulouse. Featherstone v Halifax. And Batley v Whitehaven. So, and in League One, the big games keep on coming. Uh Keithley v Northworks Crusaders, Uh, Rochdale v Barrow, Rochdale looking very much to put themselves back into the playoffs, and Barrow looking for that automatic promotion spot that has just been popped back in their hands. So, that's your lot, see you next week. (laughs)